All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 127. Uh, I'm doing much better this week, sickness-wise, so hopefully no cough attacks, no congestion, or at least not as bad as last week. Uh, so thank you for bearing with me last week while I, I powered through that, just uh, like I said, this time of year. Um, it is officially the week of Thanksgiving, so I hope that, um, you know, if you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, that you have a great holiday. If you're listening to it after, I hope you ate all of the good food and enjoyed it. Um, it's one, it's my personal favorite holiday of the year. I just like the food a lot, so I think that's why I like it so much. Um, and I just, I don't know, I love the, the vibes around Thanksgiving. It's also always... Uh, Ohio State versus that team up north weekend. Um, so always, um, I feel like that's been a fun part of it in my my house growing up as well. Um, we also have Black Friday this Friday, which the only reason I am bringing that up is because um, I have a better where I'm from discount code than what I've given out earlier this year. It is 25% off, which is their Black Friday sale. So it's code Abby25. I actually, if you're watching on the YouTube, I'm wearing a shirt from them right now. It says Cleveland with a dog. It's uh, very soft, very comfortable. Um, so highly recommend shopping their Black Friday sale and using my code Abby25 for 25% off. Uh, would very much appreciate it. Uh, and it feels good to wear Browns gear right now now when the team is seven and three. So you definitely should get some more so that you can be out there representing. And then people who aren't Browns fans can be like, hey, congrats, which is the best feeling in the world is when other people tell you congrats about your sports team's success, as if you did something about it in any way. It just feels good because you're like, yeah, thank you. I have worked my whole life for this. Seven and three feels good. Um, okay, so that's all of the housekeeping stuff. A um, couple things to get into today. Ohio State um, beating Minnesota and then kind of getting into uh, this upcoming weekend. Browns versus Steelers, obviously the main topic of conversation. Uh, and then some of the following events from this game. Um, really on the Steelers side, some of the, the changes they've made within their organization. Uh, and then we'll continue, I guess, every week as as the Browns are really in it to be talking AFC standings, playoff um, expectations, those type of things, uh, because the Browns are, they are up there and we're going to get into it. Uh, so we'll start off with Ohio State beating Minnesota. Um, a really nice blowout game where the final was 37 to three. Most of those points came earlier on in the game. And <clears throat> I think I've said this maybe a couple times this season, um, cause it, ha it hasn't happened too much, uh, where they started the game really strong and didn't have to kind of power through in the second half to, um, you know, get some points on the board. This was, this was one where they started the game really strong and could kind of be more relaxed in the second half and not have to, uh, worry about, uh, trying to, to get some points late. So, um, I think that was good for the offense to have that type of confidence going into playing that team up North. Uh, because obviously, you know, you were playing Minnesota, who was, I believe, around 500 uh, was their record going into that game. So not crazy competition, but uh, you just want to to feel that confidence. And then obviously the defense only allowing three points, giving them that confidence going into this weekend. That's going to be a really, really big game. And I feel like it's even bigger this year because the last two years, Michigan has won that game. The year before they forfeited because of COVID. 
Um, so it's been a while since Ohio State has won this game. And I think with everything surrounding uh, that program right now and all of the controversy with Connor Stallions and the sign stealing and all all of that, I just feel like it has elevated this game to another level uh, because I just, I really, really feel like Ohio State needs to win, win this game in order to uh, really make this argument that like, Michigan was like cheaters these last couple of years, and that's the only reason they were able to do anything, which it, it kind of feels like that when you look at things. Obviously, they're a very talented football team, but when you do look at you know the fact that when they started having success is when this sign stealing started happening, it just it's a little bit of a coincidence. So it would be really nice for Ohio State to be able to win this game. Um, and I don't let me see if I can look up actually quickly what the weather conditions are this weekend in Ann Arbor. So we've got Saturday, sunny, not really any precipitation um, to be expected, which I think is big uh, just in terms of being able to run your offense. Uh, So I I think um, that that should definitely, hopefully benefit them on being able to move the ball. I'm just not sure how much I would trust Kyle McCord to do that in really poor weather conditions where it's raining or snowing or something to that effect. So going to be cold, obviously. It's November, uh, always cold for that game, but it'll be be, um, no precipitation. So that's good to see. Uh, Okay, so I think that's really all I have to say about that. Honestly, just want to skip over because we have to talk about Brown Steelers. So um, it was kind of the game that everyone, I feel like, expected to to see this week where both defenses were going to look really good and it was whoever could either make the fewest mistakes um, or just find a way to get points on the board in some form or fashion. Who knows how that happens, but uh, whoever can get like two scores, it felt like they were probably going to win that game. Um, and then it kind of ended up being that type of game um, where, you know, the Browns defense was absolutely incredible. The Steelers defense obviously did really did really well also, but the Browns defense had just another completely dominant performance uh, where every time they went out there, you just had all the confidence in the world that they were not going to uh, allow this Steelers offense to move the ball very much. The Steelers offense did start to move the ball some, I feel like more in the second half in terms of rushing. They were able to gain some traction and honestly in the first half too. It was pretty dispersed throughout the game. Maybe it just felt like more in the second half because it was like, all right, you really got to stop them here and not allow this to happen. You cannot allow them to move the ball down the field. Um, And obviously they had their one breakaway really long run um, that, you know, made things really tough and it was like, oh, this is how this is how the Steelers are gonna figure out a way to do it. Um, but in general, they pretty much shut down that offense uh across the board. Miles Garrett continued to dominate. Uh Oboe had a, a great game. I believe he had two sacks. Uh he did the rock the baby after his uh, sacks, which was really cute because he just actually had his first child, I think the day before the game. Uh, so that was a nice little tribute to his his newborn son, um, and it was just fun to watch once again different cr- different guys all across the board contribute. As as dominant as Miles has been this season, it has not just been the Miles Garrett show on this defense. Different guys are stepping up every single play, every single drive, uh, and it makes it really fun to watch. And I think it allows Miles to dominate at another level because. 
opposing offenses have no idea what is coming at them at any point in time uh, when it comes to who's going to be able to make those game-changing type plays, um, getting those sacks uh, in certain games, getting interceptions. Like You just never know who's going to be able to step up and who's creating pressure. So it's I think it's made Miles' job a lot easier and it continues to make me think that he's definitely going to win Defensive Player of the, of the Year, and I do not understand how he's not in the MVP conversation. Right now, the highest odds, I believe, are Jalen Hurts, which if you've watched Jalen Hurts this season, he's been fine, but not an MVP season of what you would expect uh, an MVP in this league to be. And I just think it's ridiculous that it really has become this quarterback award at this point in time. It is not an MVP of like the most valuable player in this league because there are so many other people who I feel like are more valuable and are never in the conversation because it really just co- ends up being who is the best quarterback uh, in the league at this point in time. And honestly, all of the quarterbacks feel like they are trying this year to not win the award. Like everyone who's been in the conversation at some point in time has done something to remove themselves from that conversation by having a bad game, injuries sometimes, like it has become kind of this this pattern of like who's gonna who's gonna not lose the award, which it feels silly. This isn't an MVP. Like we should be able to select a player uh, that has had such a dominant season that you're not questioning all of the times that they failed throughout the year and if they did enough. Like it should it should not be like that. Um, but regardless, I think Miles has Defensive Player of the Year, um, pretty much in the bag, in my opinion. Knock on wood, no in, no injuries, please. Um, so I think when you look at the game overall, I think w- what won the Browns this game was the game plan that they had going into it, and I give Kevin Stefanski a ton of credit for the way he had this team prepared to play in this game. Obviously, the defense was extremely dominant, and the question was going to be, how is this offense going to look with DTR running running the show? And it was night and day from what we saw in Baltimore. I think, one, because DTR actually had time to prepare throughout the week. I, I think we undervalue how important that is, the preparation throughout the week, taking snaps with the first team. Just your mentality even going into the game of going into that day of what you were going to be doing like he had what like two hours last time to figure out that he was starting in that game especially as a rookie who had never played in an NFL regular season game before I think the time that was given to him to learn what he was going to do probably helped him so significantly and is a huge part of why he was able to play differently in this game and then I think Kevin also had time to game plan for DTR and his limitations and who he is as a player and just knowing that he is a rookie and you do not want to put him in situations that's going to set him back early in the game um, and set the team back where they have to come from behind. They played um, a very protective form of offense uh, throughout the game where it was just short little five Five-yard passes for the most part. It didn't go much farther than that. He was not throwing the ball beyond the sticks very often. I think there were probably like, 
I want to say what six throws throughout the game, maybe where he threw beyond the sticks. It was it was mostly these very short, sometimes intermediate passes. Uh, but in the first half, it was pretty effective. They worked, um, and he didn't have to go deep much, and that allowed the Browns to get some points on the board, which was huge. And uh, I think that's what Kevin was hoping for going into it: is that you take that lead early, you're able to get those points on the board, uh, so that you aren't coming from behind and forcing DTR to have to do anything too crazy. Uh, Then obviously the Steelers come back in the second half um, in terms of scoring points, but they also, I think, caught on to what the Browns offense was doing with those short and intermediate passes, and they were not allowing anything. There were a lot of three and outs for the Browns offense in the second half, uh, a lot of puns happening, uh, and the, the Browns, I think, kind of just held strong for a while and we're like we still don't want to do anything too crazy because we don't want to have DTRB throwing interceptions out there throwing a pick and and really ruining things uh so they still continue to do that really until that final drive when the Browns were down at that point in time and you needed a field goal and you needed DTR to take you down the field uh and get you into field goal range and he was able to do that um there was some longer passes on that drive, which was, um, you know, making everyone's heart stop, I think, in that moment. But uh, it was kind of like, hey, we have to do this. We have to kind of just let you go at this point and see if you can make it happen. And uh, he was able to do that and got got into field goal range. And old, reliable Dustin Hopkins was able to make that kick. Uh, it was fun to listen to the um, audio of the guys they had mic'd up during the game because they were all so confident in D-Hop making that. They're like, Honestly, game over. Like, we don't even have to think about this. D-Hop's got this. I really trust him. Like, it was just really sweet because I don't think teams talk about kickers like that very often. I think teams can be, or players can be a little bit dismissive of kickers at times. Uh, So I thought it was really sweet that they were like, oh yeah, I trust him so much. He's got this. Uh, And he did. And the Browns were able to walk off there and and get the win uh, and give DTR some some confidence that he was able to do it. And gosh, it was so heartwarming to see him after that game, all of the emotions he had. He was crying on the sidelines, crying as he was, you know, walking off the field. I think, you know, we underestimate how intimidating it would be to go into this game after the team lost their starting quarterback for the season. It is Brown Steelers, one of the most storied rivalries in all of football. The Browns were 6-3 and three going into the game with playoff aspirations. Uh, the team had already lost to the Steelers earlier on in the season and really, really did not want to lose to them twice. And a team that's also still potentially competing to win the division, it was just like so much pressure for DTR in that moment. And I think... Like I said, we underestimate how much that can weigh on a person. And I think he took it to heart in such a way that he he was feeling the crowd. He was feeling the energy. He knew how important this was to everyone. And he really wanted to accomplish it. And so I think it just came out at the end of the game where he's like, oh, I did it. Like, we won this game. And uh, it was just a wave of emotions for him. And I was, I was really happy for him. I think it's nice when people can show their emotions like that. Uh, and just happy for him as as a person and a player, and hopefully he's able to build on this um, as he goes into you know the the rest of the season, potentially being the starter for this team, uh, depending on what they do with Joe Flacco, which I'll get into. Um, I think 
you know, as I talked about Kevin Stefanski and his his coaching job that he did in this game, what he did felt like something I would speak about Mike Tomlin doing as a coach, the way he was able to coach that game. So I think a lot of people were saying this online, like Kevin Stefanski out Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, like he figured out a way uh, to win with the the type of circumstances that they have, which is something Mike Tomlin has done with the Steelers for many, many, many years. Uh, so it felt good to be on the the winning side of that in in this circumstance. Um. So the one other I think big um, reason that the team was able to win this game, I guess two reasons uh, that I think everyone was talking about going into the game were do not turn the ball over and do not kill yourself with penalties. The Browns only had one penalty in that entire game, and it came pretty late. And I remember the announcer saying like, oh yeah, that was the first penalty of the game. And I was such in such shock because I don't think that the Browns have ever been a team like that with that level of discipline. So it was really good to see only one penalty throughout that game, which puts them in a really good position to um, be able to, you know, not set themselves back, uh, you know, first and 25 to start a drive. Like they weren't doing those kind of things. They were doing it more for losing yards on plays, but not for doing it with penalties. Uh, And I think that makes a huge difference. And then with the turnovers, there was the one interception from DTR, which um, was tough, but what, you know, one turnover is, is better than we've had in many, many games this season. So, uh, you felt like they did, they did pretty good in that realm. Um, and I think those two things really set them up to be in a good position to win this game. The last thing I wanted to say about the game was after the game, a lot of Steelers fans, including an old Steelers player, Big Ben, uh, had to make a comment of saying, like, this is the Browns Super Bowl. Uh, beating the Steelers is the Browns Super Bowl. And I just, I think it's funny because, one, the Browns have a better record than the Steelers now based on that game. Two, so many people across NFL fan bases have been saying that to the Browns this season every time they win an important game. Like, it started with the Bengals of like, oh, we always beat the Bengals, so that's the Browns Super Bowl is beating the Bengals every season. People were saying it after the 49ers game because at the time everyone was saying the 49ers were the best team, most talented team in the NFL. The Browns beat them. Everyone's like, oh, that's the Browns Super Bowl is, you know, beating the, the best team in the regular season. Uh, it's just happened so many times now. People said it after the Ravens game. They're saying it now after the Steelers game. So if we've won four Super Bowls this season, like that's pretty exciting. Uh, but obviously this team has bigger aspirations because they're seven and three now. Um, probably need two to three more wins to be a playoff team in the AFC. So uh, I think everyone should start feeling um, like maybe this team is legitimate and you have to take them a little bit more seriously. I know they have their issues on offense, but this defense is a defense to be reckoned with. And it's it's just annoying to have the old narratives of the Browns constantly being, par- you know, said on these shows by Big Ben, said by fans all over, uh, that it's just like, no, this is a different team that is playing hard for each other. They're not giving up. They're not laying down at any point in time. They are fighting till the very end. uh, And you should take them seriously because they're going to make you pay if you don't take them more seriously. Uh, So maybe everyone should keep thinking that the Browns, you know, oh, it's their Super Bowl and it's not that important because they're not a good team. Fine. Keep thinking that uh, and see what happens when the Browns rattle off a couple more wins here uh, and are a playoff team. And maybe the Steelers aren't. Um, So 
I know that I said that was the last thing about the game, but this isn't really related to the game. I guess this came following um, during this week. The Steelers finally made the decision to fire their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. I think Steelers fans all over are rejoicing. I find it so rewarding that the the Browns have a situation where they beat Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh is firing a coach because of this because of this loss. And uh, it's so nice because for 20 plus years of you know my lifetime, the Browns have been firing coaches after a Steelers game uh, because the Browns lost to the Steelers. It has happened, I don't even know how many times at this point. So it feels so good to be on the other side of it now uh, where... It's not the Browns firing their coach. It's the Steelers having to fire their coach because of his performance against our extremely dominant defense. Uh, And it just felt really, really good to see that. Um, I hoped that they were going to keep him because I don't think he's a very good offensive coordinator. I also hope that they keep Kenny Pickett for a very, very long time because Kenny Pickett is not a good quarterback. Uh, I think that's pretty evident at this point. Um, But I hope they choose to continue to ride with him and maybe give him an extension as well. Like, let's just keep rolling with Kenny Pickett. I would have no problems with that. Would very much enjoy it. Um, The other news that came out this week, other than that on the Steelers side, was the Browns signing Joe Flacco to the practice squad. Uh, I think everyone kind of expected this news to come at some point after Joe Flacco was in town for a workout. It's still weird for me because Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. So it's, it's so weird that like he could like win a playoff game for us. I just he also was the reason for the Jets game last year when the Browns blew it. Joe Flacco was the quarterback of the Jets in that game. So I'm just I'm feeling weird about Joe Flacco. But honestly, at this point, I really don't care. I'm just like, I want to win games. I want to win a playoff game. I don't want to have to deal, um, you know, with having a situation where like, let's say DTR gets hurt. We got to go back to PJ Walker. Like I know we needed to get another guy, especially a a veteran presence in the locker room. So I think it makes a lot of sense. It's just, it is a little weird that it's Joe Flacco. Um, But I think it was, it was the right choice to bring someone like him in that has playoff Super Bowl experience, um, is a veteran player. And I don't know if they have any plans to actually start him at some point in time or if he's really just there to help DTR. I think you have to give DTR some more shots and not after him beating the Steelers, then you just you stop going to him again. I think they're going to definitely try him for a while and see how it goes. If things start to go really poorly, then maybe they switch to Joe Flacco. But I, th- I don't think you jump ship super quickly um, just because of what you at least were able to do with DTR and continue to get him more comfortable, I think, it's um it's important I think to try that before you go over to Joe Flacco, which I think that's that's probably what they're going to do here. Um, it was funny though how that news originally came out that he was coming to, um like try out with the Browns. Somebody snapped a picture of him on an airplane um on a flight to Cleveland, and it it felt like it was one of those fake ones where you know someone gets fired and there's all these like fake pictures of like, oh, so-and-so is on his way to this city. Um, But it was real and he was on that plane and he was going to be trying out with the Browns. So I thought that was pretty hilarious actually. Okay, so where are we at now in the AFC? So last night we had, oh, last night of when I'm recording this, it's Tuesday. So Monday night football last night, the Chiefs and the Eagles played and the Chiefs lost. So that changes some things in the AFC standings now. Um because the Chiefs were leading the pack uh, before with only two losses. Now they have three, just like everyone else. 
so right now we have the Ravens at one because they have not had their bye yet. They have an extremely late bye. I think it's not this week with Thanksgiving, but I think it's the week after. Um, so pretty late bye week for them. So they're eight and three at one. Then we have Kansas City Chiefs, Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, and the Cleveland Browns all at seven and three. So those other three teams I listed are obviously their division um, leaders. So they're taking those first two, three, and four seeds. And then the Browns are at the fifth seed. Houston at the sixth seed for six and four. And then Pittsburgh at six and four for the seventh seed. So that is where we're at right now. Um, but being that the two, three, and four seeds all have the same record. And Baltimore has the same number of losses as those teams. They just have to have their bye week. It is really anyone's game on who could get this home field advantage, who could get the bye. Like all of those things are very much up in the air and the division is still in play. So I hope the Browns feel like every game matters right now and they still want to dominate throughout. We have the Broncos next, which is going to be a tough environment. I think a tough stadium to play in. You have the elevation change. Uh, That team is starting to do a lot better. Russell Wilson's starting to play a lot better. Uh, So they're going to be a little bit more competitive, I think, than people might have thought you have the Rams, um, you have the Jags, you have the Bears, you have the Texans, the Jets, and Bengals. So when I tell you like the Browns can actually win this division, I am not joking because the Ravens schedule, the remaining teams they have, Chargers, Rams, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, and Steelers. That is not like a cookie cutter cakewalk of a schedule. Those are some, there's a couple tough ones. The Chargers, you know, haven't been the best team this year, but still have a lot of talent with Justin Herbert and that offense. The Jags are a good team. Obviously, we play the Rams and Jags as well. They still have to play the 49ers, the Dolphins, very powerful offense, and the Steelers, who are, you know, any AFC North matchup is always going to be a battle. Uh, So they have that game left as well. I think it's going to be uh, extremely tough for them to, uh, you know, keep playing at this high level and, and racking up those wins. So it truly, truly is anyone's game to win this division. Um, so I'm excited to watch it because it feels like every week matters, which is so exciting. It's so fun to be here late November. Um, so, there have been so many years of my life late, late November where the Brown season is so far over. It was probably over like a month ago and didn't even matter. Like It's so fun to be caring about football at this point in time. Um, and to have this seven and three record last year, we only had seven wins, uh, as good as we felt like the offense was rolling last year, we only ended up with seven wins and this year already have seven wins, uh, with, you know, a seven and three record. So it feels really, really good. And regardless of what has happened with Deshaun Watson's injury and the carousel of quarterbacks that continues to happen in Cleveland, it is fun to win football games. And I'm so happy for these guys because you can tell in these videos of them and the audio how much they want to play for each other, how much they care about each other, uh, how meaningful it is to win these games, especially in Cleveland in front of this fan base. Like they really care and they really want to do this and they believe believe in each other. And I think that means a lot. And that goes a really long way. Um, you know, when you get, when you get down to it, when injuries are happening, when games aren't going your way, like caring about each other and wanting to win for each other genuinely matters. And I know that sounds like foo-foo and, you know, just kind of not a real part about the X's and O's of football, but it does matter when, you know, your body's hurt at the end of the season and you're tired uh, and you're, you know, just a couple weeks from the off season, like it matters how much you care about what you're doing. Uh, so it feels good to, to watch them care about playing for each other. 
and I'm just excited. Um, so we've got, like I said, Broncos this week. We will see how it goes, uh, and we keep rolling along. Um, that is all I have. Once again, the Wearing From Black Friday sale, code ABBY25 at checkout. Please, please use it. You can use it through the official day of Black Friday, so the 24th. So I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but uh, the code will not be valid after that. So just use it through the 24th. Um, I appreciate you all. Also, please subscribe on the YouTube, follow, um, leave a review or rating on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening and go Browns.